Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, very excited about hanging out with Stanford Steve and the Bear, Chris Felica. We're going to talk college football, playoff scenarios, the future of the playoffs, and all of our picks against the spread. A little dinner contest for us with the conference championship games. In the open, the Rams, was the price worth it? Because it's a heavy price for a Super Bowl last year. Life advice, our FanDuel picks for our contest as well. So enjoy. It's the Ryan Russillo podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older. 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I want to start today's show talking about the L.A. Rams. Now, we know they're the defending Super Bowl champs. They're also on track to have the worst winning percentage of any Super Bowl winner. Uh, they would have to surpass the 4-12 and Raiders. They have the third worst record in the NFL, 3-8. and eight. Only Houston at 1-9 and nine and Chicago at 3-9 and nine or worse. They have the second worst point differential, minus 75, which would if they stayed at minus 75 or worse, would be the worst ever of a Super Bowl defending champ. Let's look at the offense. They're last in yards per play. They could end up being the worst in five seasons. Their old line ranks 23rd and 27th in pass run win rate, according to ESPN.com. They have one O lineman in their projected starters that was a member of the group that protected Stafford with the Super Bowl winning team. Stafford is 20th in QBR. He was fourth last season. And news this week, they could shut down Aaron Donald, who's going to miss his first game ever in his career due to injury. Cup, whose timeline doesn't make a ton of sense to bring him back. And Stafford, who is still in concussion protocol. Not great. Let's take a look at the cap situation. According to OverTheCap.com, in 2023, they're going to have $99 million tied up in Donald, Cup, Ramsey, and Stafford. Everybody liked Ramsey when it was good. Donald made sense. Cup is a top wide receiver, Stafford, when you bring a guy over like that, you give him money. That's just the way it works. Ask Denver. There's $6 million that's not accounted for already, but look, to be fair, you move stuff around. That's not how it's going to work. They'll figure some of the stuff out. But in 2024, that number jumps up to $136 million committed to Donald Cup, Ramsey, and Stafford. Looking back at some of the financial decisions the Rams have made in the past, I didn't always love them. The golf contract, I kind of get it. He was the next young guy that was up. They felt good. They gave him all the money, even though he wasn't the guy. Uh, the girly contract never made any sense. They paid a running back more money than they needed to at a position nobody else pays for other than Dallas, and they did it a year before they had to. You could really nitpick if you want to go back to the Brandon Cooks resources that were used there. Um, so some of the histories that they don't, always spend in the best ways, but it's hard to argue what they did last year because of the results. The draft was where it's really going to get nasty. 
Uh, they will have not have selected in the first 50 picks unless they trade back in since 2017. The fuck them picks meme is funny when it works. It's not going to be funny for Rams fans, depending on where that Detroit Lions pick lands. Uh, looking over at what they've done, Ramsey two first and a fourth. Vaughn Miller, 22 rental for a second rounder. I don't know. I love Vaughn Miller. I was cool with it. Stafford was a 22nd and 23rd first, a 21st third rounder. Now, the 2023 pick projects, as we just said with the records, is the number three pick. Could be number one. How's that going to feel if Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud are really that dude? You'd think Detroit might take one of those with their two top picks. Who knows? It's not going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of pain. But it's a very simple answer to a very simple question, and that is, was it worth it? Well, yes, it was worth it. I've said this a few times, but every time I'm in a stadium, whether it's a college stadium, pro stadium, an NBA arena, I always look up at the banners, right? You look up at the years. And as a kid, it was always something that would like, I don't know, maybe it's just liking history. You would think about like, what, what was that like? Like, okay, what happened that year? Look at that gap. And that's the thing, the gaps are sometimes no banner or no year that is commemorated. I was at LSU for the Bama game. They've had a good run the last two decades. One at 03, 07, one at 19. They played in another title game in 2011. It's pretty good. It's actually really good. Because imagine being an LSU fan and then winning it in 1958 and turning to your buddy going, yeah, it could be like, I don't know, 50 years before we win one of these again. <laughs> it just doesn't seem real, especially in the moment. Imagine telling somebody after a championship, five decades, people are going to die that are never going to experience it. Alabama, who never feels like they're out of it. They were. All of these programs were for long stretches at times. Gene Stallings wins one in 1992, went 17 years. That's not even that bad. But for Bama, imagine thinking right now as a Bama fan, when Saban's run is done, what if we go two decades without another one of these? It feels impossible, but it's very possible. Let's go back to the NFL. The Detroit Lions, who have that Rams pick. They started as the Portsmouth Spartans out of Ohio in 1930. They were there in 1930, 1934. Uh, you may remember the Iron Man game versus Green Bay in 32. Potsy Clark, the head coach then, he said, no subs, no days off, just 11 dudes playing both ways. They shut up the Packers, 19-0. A radio station owner uh, in Detroit, he decided, let's move the Portsmouth Spartans here, and his quote was to be king of the NFL. They did win four NFL titles, which is another weird marketing thing of the Super Bowl where we just kind of ignore any championship. Imagine if we ignored every World Series before 1960 or every NBA title before 1970. Lakers fans would like that. It just doesn't really make any sense, but it's just kind of what happened after the merger. So let's say you're talking to this Lions owner or ownership at the time, and I, you know, again, I don't know how much the radio station part of it was involved uh, 20 plus years later, but say say when the merger is about to happen and you're talking to Lions ownership going, yeah, we're going to start this new thing in, but you're never going to be in it. You're never going to be good. It's going to be, I don't know, 60 plus years and counting before you even get a chance to play in this new game we've designed. Brown's ownership, because again, the Lions are one of four NFL teams not to have a Super Bowl appearance, Jacksonville, Houston, 
and Cleveland. They wanted a Super Bowl so bad, they guaranteed $230 million to Sean Watson, which is technically $106 million more than anyone is guaranteed under any current deal guaranteed at signing. I grew up a big Red Sox fan. It seems impossible that they went 86 years without a championship. Impossible. Relatives depressed about it. It's never going to happen. I'm going to be dead. And some of them died before 2004. If you had told me before 2004 in this run of the last 20 years, if you had said to me during my peak fandom, you can have a World Series title, but the next five years you have to have truckers and high school kids pitch, I'd have taken it. I actually think the Red Sox tried that approach in 2020. There's another question that I saw the other day. It was a poll question from a radio show. And let's face it, sometimes you need content. The question was pretty straightforward. Would you rather have an NBA title or Victor Wembanyama? (laughs) Can you imagine asking the NBA franchises that never had a sniff of it? Like, hey, do you want that thing that we're all worried about, the thing we're all working towards, the thing that causes you angst, thinking it's never going to happen, being jealous of the Celtics and the Lakers in this incredible history where it feels like they just rotated back and forth between winning championships for such a long time. Can you imagine asking that fan base, hey, do you want one? Do you want that thing you want so badly? Or do you want this French guy who's 7'4"? Now, I get what the bet, uh, I get what the bet is, right? I get what the bet is. The bet is, well, I can take the one where I can get a little greedy about this. And if I have win by Yama, I have a chance maybe of winning multiple championships. Um, yeah, I get it. Like, I get the bet. But it's also a ridiculous question to ask because there's also a chance that Victor Wembanyama gets hurt. I actually think before his body kind of fills out, it's probably more likely in the beginning of his career he's going to have some kind of injury issues and trying to hold up. And what you're asking yourself is like, wait, I guaranteed a title now? And again, this is all hypothetical. It's not real. Or I have a chance for somebody that I'm worried about his health or maybe ask for a trade in six years. But it's actually a dumb question. The Ram stuff is going to get bad, right? But when you're there and you're looking at that banner, you're one of those players with one of those rings or in that front office or that coaching staff where your life's work has actually led to the thing that everybody's striving for and all the people that you know that never got that chance or that quarterback who's amazing who maybe never had any or only has one and you look back on it like, what happened? The Rams went all in on last season. And the pain is coming. All right? But the difference is in sports, when you make financial decisions that lead to long-term mistakes, they can't repo rings. Unrelated, I know uh, people are looking for me to make a Chris Paul statement. My statement is thus. I have no statement. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. You know what I hate, hate, is after lunch, there's all this time before dinner. I hate it. So I'm always like, do I do this? It's like, you should. Gain season, throw in a little something extra, an appetizer that just starts hours before dinner. It just gets so frustrating when there aren't great options. That's where Arby's new two for $5 chicken wraps come in. 
available in your choice of ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for that afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Food buddies. Arby's two for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. I am so excited for our guest right now. We're going to talk college ball. We're going to reminisce, just like old times. Uh, Stanford Steve, obviously Steve Coughlin, and Chris Felica, the Bear. Stanford Steve and the Bear, the best gambling podcast that's going out there. I don't know what their numbers are. They're always really good. I try to tell everybody, like, hey, do you have any picks? I'm like, don't ask me. Just fucking listen to their podcast and stop. Because I don't want to go 2-0 with a new guy. Because then that means I'm just getting texts all the time. And then when I lose, it's like, oh, dude. I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's why I don't want to do this. Um, the best part, one of the best parts about the job, we we're all there together, is that you know, Stanford Steve and I would be on these flights back from college campuses and we'd try to play out a thousand different scenarios for segments and be like, well, what if this happened? What if this happened? As soon as we start doing it, we get this long email from Felica being like, what about this? What about this? <laughs> so uh, it feels a little bit more straightforward on this. Let's just start with you, Bear. How many teams do you think are realistically still alive for the playoff? Five. I, I think it's the top four in Ohio State. I, I'm not buying the Alabama like stuff at all, it would go against everything that every committee has ever utilized in pl- placing teams in, in, in the tournament, in, in the playoff, whatever you want to call it. Like two losses, like even what's what's their best win? Beating Texas on a last second field goal when the Longhorns had a backup quarterback in there, uh, beating an all miss team that's gone down, gone down the drain late in the year, you beat Mississippi State. Like, look, it's funny because I've always been an advocate of best teams, best teams, best teams, but I'm not even sure that in this instance, it's so funny because for however many years we've kept hearing, oh, we need different teams. It's the same teams in every single year. And here we are with USC and TCU on the verge of getting in. And now everyone's like, oh, but Alabama and Ohio State are still the best team, so they should be in. <laughs> so so, so pick, pick, pick a damn lane and stay in it. What do you, what, what do you want to do? But I, I think it's as simple as USC wins. They're in, USC loses, Ohio State's in. I think TCU's in, win or lose. See? Yeah, I, I, I still have Bama in as a possibility, Brian, because just think about one week ago, right? One week ago, what were the scenarios? What if Ohio State beats Michigan in a close game? What if Michigan beats Ohio State in a close game? What if Ohio State blows them out? No one brought up what if Michigan blew out Ohio State and yeah. nobody nobody went there. So I still think it's a it's a it's a terrible idea for Alabama to to have a possibility of with with two losses and not even win their division. But I'm not I'm not going there and, and counting everything out. Uh, I I do agree with Bear. If it's you know SC 
you know, hinges on Ohio State. I do feel good about TCU. I hope the committee does uh, about them and their resume and, and not worrying about what happens this week. The one thing I was wondering about is if one and two could move. Uh, if Michigan could get to one, that that's the that's the one thing I was starting on because they've got all the momentum now. And if Georgia is not impressive at all and Michigan comes up, you know, with another 50 burger or something, could that sway? Because now I'm just starting to think about the matchups in the semifinals. So I, I still think Bama and, and Ohio State are a very, very long shot. Okay, so there's a lot to go through there, but you're right. Like, we none of us were playing out the scenario of, like, what if Michigan houses them? Because at halftime, yeah. I'm like, okay, Ohio State's moving them around. They're going <laughs> to figure this thing out. And then it was the exact opposite. I did not yeah. expect a 28-3 run from Michigan against that Ohio State team. But I really liked Feldman on Monday where he was there at the game and on the sideline, and it felt like, no, no, like Ohio State ended up being the team that broke. And yep. once they got punched, it was kind of like, holy shit, we're not going to win this game. And to be at home and kind of look that uncomfortable was really surprising. But going going back to kind of how I felt at halftime, I was like, if Ohio State loses a close one here, it's better for the Big Ten because they're probably mm-hmm. going to get both in. And then I kind of look at like, all right, but this game was competitive and then it wasn't. So it's not the same as a blow. And then my least favorite thing, which I am just as guilty of as everybody else, we bring up last second field goal <laughs> with every outcome where it's like, yeah, but you know, you, you know, last second field goal, and it's like as if the last second field goal absolves every everybody from everything, um, which in some cases it does make sense, right? It does make sense that it's like, hey, that was really close the rest of the way. But I think we have to look at the result, even though I like the body of work and not minutes after losing at home against Michigan. The body of work part of it is you're going, okay, how do I actually feel about Ohio State? Like you can't say they're better than Michigan now, um, even though better teams can lose that game. Uh, do you think, I mean, are we sitting here thinking that Ohio State, it's kind of the same thing with Alabama. For years, we're like, look, would you pick that team straight up against Alabama? And the answer would be almost no for 10 plus years. This year's a year where I go, I don't know that I, I don't know that I definitively feel like Alabama is better than Ohio State. Do you? I, no, I don't. I don't at all. I, I, I We talked on our podcast about uh, Ohio State and Alabama, and I, I think I would pick Ohio State in the game. I really would. I, I know Alabama will be favored by the guys in the desert, but uh, I, I, I went and saw him in person against Maryland, uh, Ryan. I, I do think there's a there's plenty of good, but they just you just saw Ohio State in a predicament that you haven't seen him in all year. Michigan wore on him. You talked about it. The guys had hands in C.J. Stroud's face in the second half. We haven't seen it all year, and you know they caved. You know they did. They didn't know what to do. They didn't have that counter punch. So that's. I still think there's a capability, and what I brought up to bear is that's why I start talking about these matchups because I don't know what's going to happen this weekend, but is there any way Ohio State can meet Michigan in a 2-3 if something bad happens to TCU and they become the four and Ohio State gets the rematch just like that in 40 days? I mean, that think about how that's a best-case scenario. Instead of having to wait a whole other year, I still look at that as a possibility with how these teams are structured. So anything is on the table. Uh, but I, when it goes back to Ohio State and, and Alabama, I, I still lean towards uh, Ohio State. What, what, I, what I love as well, I, people are, like, making the argument that Ohio State should be in over TCU. They're better. No. And you hit the nail on the head, Ryan. Like, are we sure Ohio State's better than TCU? I'm not. Like I, I, 
look, Ohio State, we know the five stars, we know the talent, but they've kind of been stuck in the mud for a good part of the year. Trevion Henderson has been nicked up. They haven't been uh, – Jackson Smith and Jigba has the slowest healing hamstring in the history of college football. Uh, the defense was exposed last week. Like, I'm not sure that they're necessarily unequivocally better than TCU. And you, you look at the schedules as well, and you talk about resumes – TCU is going to have a better strength of schedule. The strength of record is better. And like the quality wins, like if you look at Kansas State and, and, and Penn State, they're, they're ranked right around the same deal. Uh, Notre Dame and Texas are kind of ranked right around the same area. Like the resumes are basically the same, but with the exception of TCU having the edge in the schedule. So, so, so I don't get this whole Ohio State's win over TCU if the uh, weren't fraud and flus either. Yeah, look, not, I mean, yeah. I think we'd all agree Ohio State from a talent standpoint is is far superior to TCU, but I just had this moment with TCU, and it was the Texas game, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Chris and Kirk were doing that game, and if you watch the whole game, you're like, they kicked their ass. Oh. And and mm-hmm. I can't help but If you like, watch it again, Ryan, it's even worse <laughs> the second time you watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what the score it's is, bad. but that's not that's one of those if you if you had a wedding that weekend or something and you're on the air and you're coming back, you're like, oh, one score, <laughs> one score win, not not that impressive. That was yeah. they had seven straight wins by ten points or less, longest yeah. since UNLV in 1975. So my my defense of TCU is that I've grown to love the resiliency. And then the Baylor game in the second half against Doug and like I just went, this guy's a fucking stud. He's missing yeah. all of his best weapons, and he's just doing this on his own. He gets the two scores, and they win. So, yeah, I'm not going to argue TCU's talent over Bama or Ohio State. Um, I don't even know that I yeah, – I don't think I would argue it against Michigan's, but what I would say is that I grew to really appreciate them, mm-hmm. and this is the part of it that's going to be really frustrating. Like, they're only favored by two and a half over K-State. K-State's been better with Will Howard. You know, I know there's some rumors that Adrian Martinez could find a way to maybe get into this game, and they're saying how they're preparing for two, one of my least favorite why things. Would you, why as, would you play Martinez? Just play Howard. They've been great with Howard. Right. Like, all these – my biggest thing, like, the biggest – you ask the guys, be like, Dude, was it the worst week ever having to prepare for a different quarterback also? Mm. Those reps be like, man, we didn't even know what to do. We were tying our shoes <laughs> wrong. Um, I, I would hate to see TCU with the extra game get jumped here, but we are conditioned to believe that you're supposed to be jumped when the team is at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think too often it's it's kind of looked at like standings and not rankings. So I would have, I think I'd have a harder time with TCU losing. Say they both lost. You're Barry, you seem to think TCU's in no matter what, and USC's the one that's in danger, correct? Yeah, yeah I do, because I still think there's a perception out there about USC and how bad their defense has been. Uh, it's still a a stigma with that Pac-12 as well. I I think the fact that USC, I think it's just basically been the beneficiary of these teams in front of them losing, and they've just kind of eked up. Um, I don't think there are people out there that think they're one of the best four teams in the country. I think if you look at a lot of the power ratings, uh, they're a borderline top 10 team at best, and they already have the loss, and they've had a bunch of other games that they very easily could have lost. So I, I think the... I, I think the perception if they pick up their second loss uh, in the uh, Pac-12 championship against Utah, I think that's going to sway people enough to be like, okay, they got two loss. I know the second loss came in, in, in the conference championship game and they had the nine conference games, but I still think there'll be this football judgment where people will think Ohio State's better than USC, right or wrong. I, I, I tend to agree, Ryan, but still, I just think about the committee and TCU should be in. 
They should be in. You talked about it, how you've seen, you know, they've grown on you. You're, you're as tough a grader as there is. And I've ever met if TCU is going to grow on you. I feel pretty good about my love for TCU and why they are so deserving. I think that's what you're getting at of what they've done. And when you try and compare, you know, them to everybody across the country, like look what we did all year. We compared them to Ohio state. They look pretty damn good now compared to Ohio State with no blemishes and then Ohio State having that scar of a loss last week. So I, I've been in TCU's camp. I had him at two, like two, when Bear and I started doing rankings before the rankings came out, I had him at two because I just loved what they did. I go all the way back to the SMU game when that's a that's a huge, like you find out about your team and that's what I think Sonny Dykes did. If you go back and, and read the quotes after that game, he's going back to play his school that he just coached. He's got no idea what he's got for a team. He had to make a quarterback change because of an injury in the first game against Colorado and boom, Duggan comes out and lights it up and now he could get the hell out of Dallas with a win. He's the happiest guy in the world and they've ridden that, that win all the way to this. It's an awesome story, and they are so deserving of the spot that they're in right now. Yeah, pick seventh the preseason, and here they are um, yeah. with a chance to win this thing. And, you know, I think every year you can find arguments that all feel valid, mm-hmm. but then it's like, okay, but that, that argument's ruled out where, you know, this year you're going, all right, so two teams are going to play here in SC and TCU, and if they were to lose, they're going to get jumped on Ohio State team that lost at home to Michigan, which again, you know, Michigan's one of the two best teams that we think right now in college football. But then we've had the other years, you go back to 14 where TCU fans don't need to be reminded mm-hmm. where Ohio state absolutely puts it on Wisconsin with, with shotgun there. And then they jump them. So it's like, well, wait, that can jump. But like, look, the conference championship game, it felt like the Big 12 didn't want it when they got rid of it because they felt like the extra game Correct. was hosing them. And then it was like, wait, now we feel like we're being left out. So now we should go ahead and do it. And it's like, well, every year it's a moving target because you don't, nothing is in a vacuum. Each year we have different things that you're comparing yourself here to. So I would be, I don't know. I think I would just be bummed out if SC or TCU with the extra game got jumped. It sounds like you're both saying you'd you'd be really pissed if TCU would be jumped with a loss, but SC you'd be okay with. Is that what you're both saying? Both of you are saying you're okay if Ohio State were to jump SC with another loss to Utah. I I am because, Ryan, I think it's really hard to put a team in the playoff that lost twice to the same team. And I get it. We all all think the world of, of the culture that Kyle Whittingham has as a program in Utah, but you can't prove to me you've gotten better when you've lost to the same team twice. And I just, that, that the other problem I have too, is this is going to be a a playoff that has as least amount of luster on the teams as we've ever had in the playoff. We could have, we could have two teams in the playoff that, that are coming off losses. Like it just isn't, you know, we were always going like this, right? Teams were playing better. And now it's like these teams are kind of backing in you know, to the playoffs. So that's that's one dynamic that I think is going to be weird. And, you know, the non-college football player going to be like, oh, look at this. Why is this great? Da, da, da. But I, I'm, I'm trying not to focus on that because we love the sport. But I do think about that idea of trying to build this thing up if teams aren't coming in with a lot of momentum. Um, okay. All right. So I think, I think we're all – I'm not going to be outraged if SC is passed over with another loss. And, you know, when I think about Utah, I, I realized the rankings here, and again, I kind of made a joke about the whole rankings this past week because 
after seven or eight, I just said, I give up, which speaks to my whole disdain <laughs> for a 12-team playoff oh, year. You and me both, man. Right. Well, look, at Penn State. What, t- what time were those rankings due back in the day? Sunday night? Sunday, s- Saturday night? They were supposed when to you, be Saturday night. And sometimes you and Felica had to submit them for ESPN.com? <laughs> I, I used to like get a call at Monday being like, hey, are you serious? I think one one week ESPN.com was like, here are 49 voters. And I just still hadn't sent mine in because I was coming back from a, a game day thing trying to get ready for Monday. But all right, so the committee has Tennessee 7, which is I think kind of where the cutoff of at least with Tennessee, I can say to myself, they have the two best wins of any team in college football. I don't really know if that one's debatable. Then Penn State comes in at eight. Clemson, who I'm just so sick of. Uh, K-State. I think I like Utah, Washington, maybe even Florida State better than the teams the committee has eight, nine, and ten. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, but at least for me, like when I look at Utah, when I've watched Washington, I feel better about those teams week to week than I would be a Penn State who hasn't really shown anything other than it's going to lose to the good teams. Yeah. Like, what the, you know what the amazing thing, too, about the rankings are? Like, why is UCLA 17th? UCLA beat Utah, they beat Washington, and they lost about field goal to USC, and, like, they're 17? Like, I get they lost it on the road at Oregon, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, why is Kansas State the same exact record, nine and three and tenth, and UCLA's seventeenth and nine and three? Like, like UCLA's got better wins than Kansas State. They got the same damn record. So, but but I'm I'm with you, man. Like, I I get people like college football and want more football. Like, we all love watching more games, but this isn't going to change ultimately who's going to win the national championship. More teams are going to get in now, and, and that's fine. I think you're probably going to run into a situation where some of these second-round games uh, aren't going to be very good. Uh, the, the people who like to argue the playoff is good, you can look at a team like Florida State and be like, hey, they're a team now, the way Jordan Travis has developed. Uh, do you really want to play them if you're one of the big boys? Maybe, maybe Yeah, not. maybe, but they still almost lost to Florida, who nobody likes Correct. this year. So, and, and, and then, and then the other thing is like, we're not, we're going to lose those scenes like we had in Columbia a couple of weeks ago when, when South Carolina put 63 up on, on Tennessee, like Tennessee's still in. And so like, it didn't really hurt them in, in the, in the sense that they're not going to be in the playoff. And it would have taken a little bit of luster off of that great scene. So I'm with you. It should be hard to get in. And I had no issue with it being, being for, but money talks. Right. <laughs> Steve, where were you with the expansion? I, I've said for a while, Ryan, like it's it's pretty hard to come up with four right now. And we're going to go to 12. And I get it. You know, I, 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 most I get years it. We, most years I think we can come up with four. And I think every other year it felt like a fifth had a good argument. But like when you go back to the A&M Notre Dame one, yeah. I was like, I, I was like, hey, A&M's a really nice team. I don't want to hear it. I know everybody's mm-hmm. mad at Notre Dame and I know everybody's sick of them. Anm doesn't deserve to get over. No, like no, I'm sorry, like, no. it's just it's not an argument. You nope. think you have an argument, but you don't. But go ahead, I jumped you. But I just think like we laid it out last night after Thamel broke the news on the show, and then to see the bracket where Clemson plays Ohio, Clemson plays Penn State, and the winner plays Georgia, that's pretty darn cool, man. But I I, I, did, I don't want to get into the logistics about the playoff because I I still think the four top teams should be able to get the home game. Uh, but I know that's not going to happen now that they got all the bowls aligned. 
But um, you know that that committee is going to make it sound like they're they're doing rocket science when it comes to this playoff. Oh, It'll cool. be better. I, I'm I know where Bears coming from that we're going to lose a lot of this limelight on some of these regular season games. I still think the seeding is going to make those games plenty of motivation. And you're gonna what you're really going to find out is what schools love their football team. That that is the bottom line of what you're going to do because now. You're going to be asked for a little bit more travel. We've seen it. Seventeen in a little, games potentially. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna see where you know fans are going to start gambling on their own team. Hey, if we could get this one, maybe we don't go to this one. We go to the next yep. one. So I think I think there's going to be a lot more investment from fans in their teams, which there should be because that's what that's what makes the sport awesome. One of my favorite moments, all of us together at the college football seminar, where we went up. And uh, Ed Lacey, in the middle of me presenting, got annoyed with me and how I was presenting, which is one of my favorite moves ever. Uh, <laughs> Kirk Herbstreit, we had our time with Bill Hancock, who if he told me tomorrow was Friday, I would get a second opinion. He <laughs> said that Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit asked the best question because it wasn't what the question was. It was the way he was asking it. He was asking it like Kirk is it's almost impossible for Herbstreit to be an asshole. Um, but he was going to just just put a little dusting yeah. Of, of dickhead on the question where he was like, hey, Bill, you know, over the years, it was it, we, we can't have that 12th game because of the student athlete. <laughs> He's like, and now we went to the 12th from 11. And then, you know, we're adding this and then we got the bowl game and we're kind of getting to like 14. Like, it, you know, just kind of wondering what that number is where it's like the student athlete, like how <laughs> we can do more games now after being told forever we can't do that because of exams and traveling and stuff like that. We're going to be at 17. We're going to be at 17 with these guys telling that. And again, for those that may have missed the breaking news from FamilyOn.com, is that the Rose Bowl gave in because they were forced to give in. It was hilarious reading right. through that story. The Rose Bowl forever. For younger people that don't understand it, the reason why this stuff took so long to ever get figured out is because of the Rose Bowl's power. And they were like, we need this window. We have the parade. It's all of this stuff. And then they were asking for all of this stuff again. And basically, the people in charge were like, how about you're left out of all the TV money? How about we do that? So uh, the Rose Bowl agreed to almost just figure out the rest of it later, which is always a dangerous thing when entering into contract negotiations to go, all right, well, all the things we can't agree to right now on paper, in good faith, we'll figure it out later. Uh, but they really ultimately had no choice. And I think in the past, people were so respectful of, uh, respectful of the Rose Bowl, they didn't even want to do that to them. But now it was like, hey, now you're getting in the way of this. So a playoff that was supposed to start maybe 25 or 26 is going to start uh, in 24. So did you... Did you like six? Because the six auto bid thing to me was even worse. And when you yes. look at these oh. conference championship games, this is the point I was always going to make is that, are you sure this is what you want? Mm -hmm. Are you sure you want auto bids? So I felt like the best way to do it is fine. Make it eight. We can give the auto bids if you want. And if we have a weird, we have a P Purdue beating Michigan. Michigan still gets in as an at-large. Um if LSU were to beat Georgia, you have Georgia getting in and that. There's not going to be three every year or four that feel like they're left out. Um, I'm totally okay with the group of five not having an auto because you're playing a different sport. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. If Cincinnati's really good one year, we'll let you in. If UCF has a run like they've had, maybe they're one of the auto bids. Or excuse me, they're one of the at-large. But never, ever an auto bid for just the best group of five team. I think eight, at least you go, I just have always, whenever I started looking at like, like, the, are we going to hear from Oregon State fans complaining that they were left out of the 12-team playoff? <laughs> like, that's where you lose me with the expansion. Going, now you're just moving how far the argument can go for teams that have proven multiple weeks this season. They do not deserve a chance 
even a chance to compete for a national championship. It should be more important. It should be more restrictive. No, I, and, I, and that's, go and, ahead, Bear. And, and, no, I was going to say, and that's the, and that's the thing. Like when people are arguing, like, oh, they're a conference champion, and they are not. Like, all the conferences are not created equal. But all because a team has a conference champion doesn't mean they're better than another team. And I'm glad you said that. But like, all of a sudden, like Purdue wins on on Saturday. Okay, you want them in? Sure. By all, there, there you go. There's your there's your automatic qualifier as a conference champion. It just kind of makes a debacle of the situation that and that's kind of what i was saying with um like with clemson too before they picked up their second loss and like oh well an acc champion clemson i'm like if clemson has acc champion in front of their name that makes them any better than the team that just went out there last week and lost on their home field to south carolina no it's something good for your resume you get a ring you hang a batter whatever but conference champion doesn't mean anything to me in terms of how good a team actually is why I like the four, Ryan, is because not everyone is guaranteed a spot. Yes. And that that's the fun of it. You know, you have a group of five. You have that other power five that's on, you know, I know, you know, this year it's the ACC. And, you know, the Pac-12, you know, was was complaining a ton that they deserve a shot. Well, look what happens now in a year in 2022. you got a bunch of teams ranked in your conference. The teams that win versus those ranked teams move up. They have good wins now, and boom, you got a team on the cusp of making the playoff. Like, that's that's the thing I love about the regular season is seeing everything fall along the way as these teams start to align. I do wonder about the conference championship game because now you look at it, and it's like, do we really need it this year? Do we really need it? We know it's do always really been a money. Do you really need it any year? <laughs> yeah, I know, and but we know the conferences have started this you know, for a, for a money-making thing, and that's what it always gets to. I understand that. But instead of this, and now getting another data point, do we get rid of an out-of-conference game and you play another league game? I mean, all these conferences have a million teams in them now, so why can't we play another conference game to get a little more stability, I think, with the roster? So now you're getting, you know, another possibility of a conference-ranked win. That's the stuff I look at down the road. But I do love the idea of suspense of, of not, having everybody a guaranteed spot. Okay, let's go to the picks. Uh, we'll put a dinner on this. Whoever comes in last has to buy dinner for the three of us. Kyle, where's dinner? Moose home, Frank. That sounds oh. fancy. Yeah. I've never made it up there. Can I wear okay. shorts there? I'll Google it. I've never been. L.A. Yeah, L.A. You, you usually can do whatever <laughs> I've never you want. Been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Kyle said he's never been. This is my ticket, man. <laughs> all right here we go you ready <laughs> georgia it was 17 and a half now it's 18 and a half against lsu uh i'll i'll just say this i think it's you know bear and i talked yesterday uh daniels supposedly in a boot after the game i would think he's going to be giving it a go for lsu it obviously has lost a lot of its uh shine with lsu losing in college station last week i think it's an over game uh but if you want to pick against the spread i i would lay him Georgia's uh, schedule has been pretty fortunate where they can ramp up for these big ones. I think this is where they start to get the stars aligned. Uh, I think the offensive line against LSU's defensive front seven is a real, real good test to get Georgia ready for the playoff. I think Georgia's defense will step up, and uh, I'll take Georgia minus the 17 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia minus the points as well. Uh, Daniel's mobility is a big deal, and you look at 
Kirby Smart and that Georgia defense the last couple of years. When they face top 15 teams not named Alabama, they have allowed 13-3, 11-13-0, and 3. They've won by 24 points a game. They won the national title last year, but there still are fans upset down there. There's still players upset down there that they didn't win the SEC title last year. So I think they have this one circled. I think Stetson Bennett adds to his legend at George. I think they get a very easy blowout win. Okay. Well, I'll take LSU in the points. That was a talented AM team. Just want to remind you. Talent mm, is starting to come along. It just yeah. it all came together one night. Uh, all right. Michigan minus 16 and a half against Purdue. I'm taking the points. This game feels exactly like last year's Big Ten title game. And Ryan, you'll appreciate this. There's this Christmas party that Scott and I will be at again on this Saturday coming up. And last year, we were the only two people in the party that had Iowa plus the points. <laughs> I will say it wasn't a fun night, but I will say this. I, I I do wonder again about Michigan getting up after that emotional win and going to Columbus and doing it. And I will take the underdog. And I will say this about the underdog. At least they could complete a forward pass this year with Purdue. I think there'll be plenty of people in the building. I think the 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 idea of of playing well in a position like this means a lot for Purdue. And uh, I think it's a dead over game. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I think Purdue uh, covers the number. Uh, hopefully, a lot better than Iowa tried last year. Yeah, just wow. a reminder that was a forty-two and three stomping of what was supposedly the number thirteen team in the country in Iowa yeah. last year. Yeah. Yep, I, I think we need to uh, uh, just the sooner we can get rid of the Big Ten divisions, the, the the better. It's like the sixth straight year there's been a double digit spread, and it's it's obvious that the Big Ten West is garbage. So yeah, we need we need to get rid of that. Uh, I would probably just take the points as well. I hate it. I don't love it, but like Steve said, Purdue can score. The fact that the game is indoors, I think, helps Purdue. It's well with an offense like that that is no run, all pass. I think, obviously, they'll have some three and outs, but I think they'll get a couple of big plays and hopefully enough to hang within that number. Despite my season-long angst with the Big Ten West, I feel like the Season-long right or lifelong? <laughs> no, it goes back to the Bo Pelini stuff. Okay. I used to go on in Nebraska every now and then, and they'd be like, well, what do you think? You know, like, you look at his record. I'm like, look, let's pencil in the auto wins. Like, if he doesn't have seven, he's doing an awful job. Like, they never play anybody out of conference. Then they've got the other teams in their own division. Like, he should be he should be seven, eight wins rolling out of bed. <laughs> and then as soon as they play anybody good, it was like, oh, shit, they got their doors kicked in. Black shirts. <laughs> Husker power. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, actually, you're right. It isn't a season-long thing. It's just, it's just, yeah. and it's more like when you do the job, as long as we've done the job, there's certain fan bases, there's certain segments that were, like, again, everything boils down to my argument of, like, if you have a chance to play for a national championship, I need to see a little bit more. I just need to see a little bit more. All right, so. Who are you taking in the Big Ten? Uh, give me Purdue in the points. Okay. If there is a Michigan-Georgia rematch, you know what? Let me save that question for last. That'll be the last thing I ask. Uh, TCU-K-State, TCU favored by two and a half. I'm going to take Kansas State. Uh, and my argument's going to be the same thing in the, in the Pac-12 that we'll get to. I think if there's one team you don't want to play two times in the Big 12, it's Kansas State because of the funkiness of the offense, because of the capability of their defense. And when I watched that game back, 
I, I thought Kansas State caused some problems to TCU with their aggressiveness where they were overrunning things and Deuce Vaughn and that run game got going. Howard was good uh, before he got hurt, and then he tried to come back in that game. Uh, had a couple throws for the cover late in that game, but I think Kansas State's going to be a pain in the ass all day. I think it's a lower-scoring game. I think 30 points wins the game. I'm going to take Kansas State plus the points. I have not been very committed to this game or handicapped this game because I have a nice TCU ticket to win the Big 12. So my heart is saying TCU. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to, I think TCU will win again, though. I, I think they'll beat them again. I think they're tired of hearing about it. the only reason they won the first meeting was because Martinez and Howard went out. I think their defense, the way they played the last three weeks against uh, Texas, where they completely dominated up. Uh, defensively up front and made life miserable for Ewers. The Baylor game and the Iowa State game, they found a way to win all year. They're this close. Uh, I, I don't think they leave it in the hands of the committee. I do think uh, TCU wins. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll lay the uh, the two and a half with the Horn Frogs. I feel like Kansas State's figures some stuff out here with Will Howard, and I mm-hmm. think I like their skill guys better than TCU's. Um, Really? Know, it's not it's not a Johnston thing. Johnston, I take over any receiver in the game, but mm-hmm. I think the drop off um is is debatable. And when you look at what K State's done since the close loss to Texas, they they beat Baylor worse than TCU did. Um I always I have this weird thing for West Virginia who was three and six in the conference this year. Like I just don't think West Virginia is an easy team to beat. Yeah, you know, I like I I feel like West Virginia is that bad record team, kind of like Nebraska last year. You know, yeah. you go, you actually have to kind of show up and be ready to play these guys, despite what the record says. So this is going to sound counter to all my TCU stuff, but it's just simply a play. It's a rematch. I'm taking the two and a half mm-hmm. points. I'm exactly and, same reasoning. Yeah, it's not it's not anything remotely no. like here. Let me start knocking TCU. It's just the rematch and then having the quarterback yep. part settled instead of playing three guys. Okay, um, USC, Utah, two and a half points still. <sighs> Again, if there's one team you don't want to play in the Pac-12 twice, it's Utah. And when you look at it, I think SC now without Travis Dye for two games, I think Utah makes the most of that. It's getting two games on tape. How's USC compensated for no Travis Dye? They've involved Caleb a lot more in the run game. Now, some of it was unscripted. Both of the touchdown runs were scripted, but I feel like Utah having another shot at seeing that speed in that offense. I thought they did a decent job of keeping guys in front of them. They got stops when they needed to uh, in Salt Lake and that comeback that they had to get uh, in that in that huge win earlier this year. I, I like the balance of Utah's offense better. They they're healthy. Uh, you know, Thomas back at running back, Kincaid's a stud at tight end. And when I look at USC's defense, I, I I can't get there. I can't I can't rely on them. I'll trust Utah's defense to get more stops than USC's defense. I'll take Utah plus the points. Yeah, I'm going to take Utah plus the points as well. Uh, obviously, Kincaid is a matchup nightmare for SC's defense. Um, if if Utah doesn't vomit all over themselves and turn the ball over like seemingly every team USC has played this year. <laughs> It's done with the with the non the, the non forced turnovers, the unforced errors that so many teams have made. I think they had the one turnover in the first meeting going in. SC didn't stop them. I, I think even they obviously they're going to change their focus to try and figure out a way to stop Kincaid, but I think that's going to open up other avenues uh, for the Utes to move the ball. Okay, Caleb's been great. Uh, it's been 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 a one man show, but basically offensively, and he's going to have to be again without without die there. 
But uh, I like the Utes here to uh, to get the win and send Pac-12 fans home. Again, disappointed. It, it's it's Steve it's Steve and I's tradition of the Pac-12 mm-hmm. team just completely uh, peeing down their leg with an opportunity to do something good. The, the Pac-12 can't have nice things. And I'll say this: at, at least USC wears gold pants, so you won't see it. I don't know. I think the water on the gold it would it would show up there a little bit. Uh, a text from somebody who hadn't been to SC in a long time was like, "When does this band stop?" Mm-mm. After last they week's don't. win, they you don't. were you had nightmares about that first down chant, right? Couldn't even study that week because you just have it ringing in your ears from practice. All that we just played it nonstop during practice. It was still hear it, still hear it. I do love their fight song, though. I love the first time I ever went to SC for a game. Like as we were walking out from the field, I just stopped and watched that band. I'm like, yeah. these guys go so hard. Little Fleetwood Mac on the way out, and just. Absolutely. The Remember Allman when we brothers. tried to cross them in Eugene? Yeah, that was funny. It was real It was real brave, sh- Braveheart shit. Hold the line. So Steve and I are outside of Autzen, and we're trying to get to the other side because basically every time Steve and I went to a game, if we didn't have the passes already or whatever, it was this awful lost scramble, ask a million people. Then we started coming up with rules of who we would ask or who we wouldn't <laughs> ask about where certain windows were. And so we'd have to like circle the stadiums all the time while thousands and thousands of people are rolling in. But SC's band does this like four wide march, Game of Thrones type of shit <laughs> through like an end. And the point is, apparently, is you're not supposed to let nope. anyone cut through. Like, you're supposed to just wait and let the entire band. And we weren't doing it to be disrespectful. We just didn't know. And as we went to walk through, like, you got some little kid with a trombone fucking boxing you out. Yeah. And Steve and I were like, chop you. yeah, we're like, what the fuck is this move? And you're just like, get off of me. And then guys like, don't let him break the line. Don't let him break the line. You're letting him break the line. You know, granted, like, if Steve... Is Steve is your your is your fullback? I don't have to do much, but we were thrown off. We're like, why yeah. are these guys such spazzes about this shit? Like, just let us get through. And it's like, no, dude, dude, band pride, band hold pride. the line. <laughs> um, give me SC because Caleb's a superhero. The Utah uh. game. Or excuse me, uh, the Utah game was the first time with him. I I texted. I, I found I sound like a name dropper here, so I'm not going to say it. But I texted somebody. Was just like, when they had what 16 seconds left at the end of yeah. the first half, I was like, I think he's going to score again. He had an incompletion, it, which is one of my favorite. It got passes. reviewed. Yeah, yeah. There was an incompletion that was my, one of my favorite passes I've seen anybody throw all season long. Uh, the UCLA game. He's. I just think there's something different, and I feel like. Notre Dame, which is probably easy to dismiss if you haven't been paying attention, uh, they're they're better now. So that yes. they 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 really, even though Notre Dame had some late flirtations with getting back into that game and covering, I thought that was a really physical matchup where it felt like USC was more dominant physically than I said. So maybe a good precursor to having to go up against Utah again because I think all of us were, would go back to that Utah game thinking like, wait, they. That was a weird game when it was over. You're like, SC ended up losing this thing, and it's because of Dalton Kincaid. 16 for 224 and a touchdown. I don't know that I've seen an offense just go throw it to that guy every single time Mm -hmm. as much as Utah had to with Kincaid because he was their only option, especially Keithy out and everything. Um, It's just just a Caleb Williams pick for me, so laying the two and a half. I'm I'm rooting for U.S. I want want the Pac-12 to get in the playoff. I I do too. like, Like Bear said, We've we've seen this many times and yeah, it's we've tough. seen this before. 
Yeah, I just like this conference this year. I think their, their middle teams are really good. Really good. Uh, you know, throw Washington on. If you, I mean, granted, nobody's oh. going to listen to this and go, yeah, Ryan, let me go back and watch a week eight Washington game. But that that's a good football team. They just, I, I think Penix should be invited to New York. I re- he's not going to be, but he should for what he did Steve, this year. Steve and I were talking about this the uh, the other day on our, our, our deal. He, he, he mentioned it's like Arizona State beating Washington, like in terms of power five games, like the most ridiculous result of the year. Like, how the heck did that happen? Mm. No, it's a great call. I think it's why people were off of them or didn't take them seriously yeah. or when they're going to Oregon. And it was the Oregon. week after the UCLA where UCLA really exposed their secondary, but credit to that coach staff for running the table since then. Do you think Dan Lanning will ever go for on fourth oh, down in his I'm, own territory the rest of his career? I'm <laughs> done talking about him. I, I, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, Clemson, UNC. Ugh. Clemson minus seven and a half. Speaking of things I don't want to talk about, <laughs> I just... <laughs> I, I've tried. I, I, I've Bear and I talked earlier this week. Um, along with the Ohio State wide receiving group, I thought the Clemson defensive front seven was going to be the most dominant group in the country, and I thought it would be even more so because of the competition in the ACC. And it has not been the case at all. You go back and look; that lead just keeps dwindling. Last week, I'm like, all right, Clemson will get a stop here, and Rattler just keeps throwing balls up. They couldn't get to him. Uh, he tried giving them throws. I mean, that throw in the end zone was as bad of an interception as I've seen. But when I look at Carolina, it's the same thing every week. All right, they come out, they go up 7 nothing, or they tie it 7-7 because their defense can't hang around. Uh, so much is on Drake May's plate. I get it. He's been awesome. But you can't lose to Georgia Tech. You can't lose to Georgia yeah. Tech. And you got to beat your rival who's on their fourth quarterback. So I, I don't like what I've seen from either team in the last couple of weeks. I guess I would I would lay them thinking Clemson has a chance to get more stops and they could do whatever they want offensively. But DJ's 8 of 29 last week. I mean, guys are wide open and he can't throw it. And the worst part about it is when these guys are open, I mean, it's seam routes, it's wheel routes. Guys are wide. All he has to do is underthrow him. It's completion. It's this wobbly non-spiral that's five yards away from the receiver. So I don't <laughs> feel great about it. I'll take Clemson minus the points. Yeah, I, I think they can basically run the ball yeah. on that Carolina defense with Shipley and not really worry about, uh, about about DJ and how bad he's been. I mean, who who would have thought that the last couple of weeks he'd lose to North Carolina State and and Georgia Tech, and it was really your offense, which was the yeah the unit that kind of cost you the game. I think May might have hit a little bit of a uh, a freshman wall here, or first year starter wall, and maybe that could be a little of the explanation as to why he's kind of performed the way he has. Certainly against Georgia Tech, uh, he made a couple of throws late against the packet, and that came to overtime. But yeah, I, I, I would lay the points here. I think it's an opportunity for Clemson to to win a game and be able to at least say, "Hey, it wasn't the year that we thought we could have, but we did win the ACC championship game again." And I do want to pour one out to the ACC Coastal. It's been a uh, the conference the division that's kept on giving. We got the Beamer mean. We got Miami winning ACC Coastal every single year. We've got the Wheel of Destiny with everyone at four and four. So it's going to be a sad, sad night when the ACC Coastal goes night night on Saturday. Yeah, no, it's good pouring out. Uh, I'm going to go with you guys because I'm I'm so anti Clemson. I'm sort of fading myself here. I think a lot of people are going to look at this because they're looking at expectations of Clemson being a national title contender. Which is another reminder: if you go back to the beginning of the season, you watch Georgia smash Oregon. 
you know, everybody gets off the start and it's just, oh, we're just going to, oh, it's going to be these teams again. And you go, the lack of parity is not the norm. The lack of parity that we've had is not normal. And this is what it should be like. Although I did hear McElroy compare this year to 2007, and I'm very protective of 2007. Mm. This year, there's no year like 2007. No. This was not a 2007 year. It's, it's no one. No. No one should uh-huh. be comparing any year to college football's 2007. Nope. I'm, I'm going to have to yell at him the next time I see him about that because 2007 saw like number one lose like four straight weeks. Like we, Boston we College, had, UCF, Kansas, USF, USF, USF. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, Missouri, right. Missouri was playing for a trip to the national championship yep. game. I think UCF just the, recognized themselves as number two. That they probably <laughs> did. That's <laughs> my bad. Exactly. Okay. T-shirts. Last, last, last thought here. Uh, why would a Michigan Georgia rematch be different this year? Because Georgia's not as good as they were last year, and Michigan's better than they were last year. Ryan, uh, we've gone. Bear and I have gone back on this, you know, the last couple of weeks about are they the odds-on favorite? Yes, they are, but I still think the motivation of having another chance with a better group of guys. Now, Michigan's got to be healthy. Uh, and I think they could get there, you know, talking to people about Corum and, and Edwards. I think that's a huge part. I, I think McCarthy really, really showed me something last week, man. I was I was really impressed. He beats the blitz on that first touchdown. Uh, he makes the throw. Then they get the tight end wheel. Uh, and then that run he had in the third quarter, I really thought was was really impressive. He, he, he's got to ride and decide. He keeps it. And he trucks dudes for like 13 yards. And... Is ends up standing up right on Ohio State sideline at the fifty yard line, and you saw him like gave gave the sideline a look, and that I thought that was a game changer. I really did because he said, "I'm here," and uh, I, I think there's some some intricacies of that Georgia defense where you could piece together. They don't have the guys to get them lined up and get their assignments straight every single snap on the field. And I still think Michigan does enough offensively to confuse them. It'll be an awesome matchup if we could get it again. But I do think uh, Georgia has a lot more uh, possibilities of losing in this playoff than they did last year. Yeah, I just don't know, though, if Michigan would be able to stand up to the to the Georgia, to the Georgia running game. I, I think that they'd be able to control uh, that line, they, they, they would not have a similar result like they did against Ohio State. Ohio State would not, we would not lose that line, would not win. Ohio State's a different team, basically. I can't get the damn words out of my mouth. Georgia's much better up front on both sides of the ball. I don't think Michigan would have as much success running the ball, nor stopping the Georgia running game. And, and I think now that Michigan, as Harbaugh said, they, they emptied the playbook for that one. Uh, there are no surprises. Uh, I would just have to back Georgia, knowing that you're getting again Kirby Smart and that staff an opportunity. You're giving giving them ten days to prepare for a team that they kind of know what, what what they saw last year. They know the wrinkles that they have now with with, with the new quarterback. Might it? it I don't look. It's, is it going to be a thirty point blowout like it was? No, it won't be that. But I still would. I still would expect Georgia to win. I think I saw. Someone posted a number would be right around seven, seven and a half or so. So even the odds makers are kind of expecting a number going into the game what they were last year. 
This was great catching up. Reminded me of old times uh, and all the emails and all the topics and all the discussions for sport that we all love a ton. And if you love betting on college football, check out Stanford, Steve at the Bear, Chris Felica, Steve Coughlin. A pleasure, boys. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Viore. It's time to ditch your old workout fit. Seriously, just let them go and try Viore clothing instead. Their active wear is unbelievable. Sometimes I wear it and I go, do I look too good? <laughs> I don't want to be at this peak level of awesomeness in their joggers every single day. This is going to be hard to maintain, but that's what the joggers do for you. Whether you're sort of business cash, whether you're just around the house, whether you're working out, whether you're getting on a plane and you're going to be in your seat for a long time, the joggers just give you a hug for the entire flight. It's soft. It's comfortable. You're never going to want to take them off. Incredible versatility. You can wear it while taking part in different kinds of exercises, running, training, swimming, yoga, and more. Viore yoga class. That just makes sense. The Sunday jogger is the number one go-to. And of course, the core short out now. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash Ryan. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. Modelo knows it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about cheering louder, traveling further. It's about showing up no matter what, because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. An ice-cold reward. Rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Before we get to life advice, uh, we'll give you our picks for the week. Our FanDuel year-long contest. Uh, sans Saruti for a bit here. All right, Kyle. Uh do you remember how you did last week? Yep. Uh, I had a weird bet that I was really excited about. It was uh, Darius Smith and Judon to both have sacks. Neither one had a sack. Um, so uh, I just got the players wrong. So I'm going to be, I'm going to not be doing any more of this weird stuff. I'm going to go back to vanilla stuff, like I said, because I just, it's the only thing I know I can get sometimes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get a little bit more aggressive. We're going to give you uh, three picks, three oh non-public God. picks. Yep. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So uh, Titans, according to FanDuel, number one sportsbook in America, uh, looking at their page right now, a lot of action on the Titans plus two at Philadelphia. People buying the Titans. So we'll take the Eagles minus two at home. A lot of people like the Dolphins getting three and a half at San Francisco. I will take San Francisco minus three and a half. And a lot of action on the Lions. Lions football, minus two at home against the Jags. That means I'll take the Jags plus two. So some interesting uh, stuff on that one. That It feels like the Niners are becoming this trendy thing, but maybe that's more in media circles. Public <laughs> so you just money. throw out three picks. Yeah, I want three picks. Three picks, and then what? So this is, we're going, you're adding three to your stand. Is this like when Bill's down $4 million? in million dollar picks and he bets a million dollars on five games like how how is this affecting the is this all going to count as one bet for our uh for no, our, it's just our, gonna, it's it's the oh rules so i mean if you have a problem we can have a house meeting about this i know i mean i just uh so you're basically that you're i guess you're when you're half less than 50 percent if you throw out three like maybe 
maybe it'll work in my favor anyway. So I guess uh, I don't have an issue with it. I just wanted to make sure I knew what was happening. Because you could be yeah. down three, too, just as easy as you could be up one, two, or three. I think the approach is that I need to start playing multiple games to have a better chance to go in, strategy. Right. Two and one as opposed to trying to go one and oh every Got game. it. Okay. You know, that's that's kind of how we're we were we were crunching some numbers over here at the estate and that was volume that shooter. Was, yeah. That was okay. the new thing we were coming up with. And nobody keeps track of anybody's bets. So I do. I've got I'm a Google not, Doc. <laughs> right. You do? All right. Well yeah. we need to we need to let the audience know where we're at. I know I'm below five hundred. Yeah, uh, me too. So anyway, maybe Sarudi will win this. Although can he win the thing I mean, by, if he just if he has the greatest day of betting ever when he when he comes back, I mean, yeah, but I don't know that he can win the contest if he doesn't come back in time for this for thing Super to be Bowl. over, right? Yeah, if he's not back by the Super Bowl, well, I mean, that's we what he's aiming going. to come back. That's what he's aiming to come back. So that's why I was like, oh, maybe he just has to do like twelve Super Bowl prop bets, and he has to guess the exact number of yards and touchdowns and the exact yeah. score. It's like maybe if you have the best day ever, man, you can win this. <laughs> I mean, you have to ask the question, like, is it worth having a kid and miss out on winning this? Big, big time. Yeah. People are asking. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the answer. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to guess. Okay. So there you go. All right. And so I am deciding to just go back to a good old commander's over, which is, uh, hasn't failed me yet. So it's the over under is 40 for the commanders and the giants. It just seems low. It is a low season. I wouldn't be surprised if these teams muck this whole thing up and it's ugly, but I'm going to say over 40 points in Commander's Giants. Perfect. All right. Enjoy that NFC East battle with all of those teams in the playoffs right now. Does that still hold up? I think it does. Let me just double check it. I, it was unbelievable when I saw it the other day. Uh, yeah. Eagles, Dallas, Giants, Commanders. Those Crazy. are your top. Yeah, there you go. It's playoff. There you go, man. I love it. A little playoff preview. Who knows what we're going to learn from that one. <laughs> For the latest odds, check out FanDuel Sportsbook. You want details? Fine. I drive a Ferrari. 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. Today's life advice is presented by Modelo. Modelo knows it takes fight to be a full-time fan. There will be good days and bad ones, but when you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Modelo celebrates those who treat being a fan like it's their full-time job. That's why it's the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Modelo, brewed for full-time fans, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Visit ordermodelo.com to shop delivery or pickup options for Modelo near you. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. It's time for life advice. Life advice, the email, lifeadvicerr at gmail.com. Okay. What's up, Kyle? Just want to check in and say hello. How's it? Doing well. You know, I feel like without Steve here, you don't really want to do too much kicking the can around in the beginning. Do I make you nervous when we're just talking about nothing? I know. I mean, you're not a nervous guy. Just I've noticed that ever since Steve left, we don't really bullshit in the beginning anymore. It's sort of like uh, just right down to business. You're kind of in and out, pretty surgical. <laughs> Am I just reading into this way too much again? Uh, yeah, it, it isn't, it isn't anything like if I felt like we had something, I like doing the stuff about nothing before this. I just do. I, but f do you want to bullshit right now? Do you well, have anything I mean, on no, your chest? I, just a note for next, just some notes for next time, I guess. Cause now, now I'd feel like you're just trying to do me a favor. So maybe next time Monday after a long weekend, maybe we'll have some stories, you know, I look, I love, I love sharing some stories. So big story guy weekend? over here too. 
Uh, could be if we finish this uh, thing up early. This thing might be up super early on Friday. So oh, uh, oh, I thought, yeah, I don't know. I lose track of holidays, so I, I don't. I was like, wait, we got one early December. I feel like we got a couple big ones coming up. I, I don't remember this as a kid, but I, uh, I lose track of all holidays because we just we work. You know, yeah, we do. That's right, right we do. We work. We're there for the people. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it isn't a Steve thing. It isn't a you thing. It's just. Uh, if, but uh, feel free to throw on the text thread. Hey, I got a good story. I got a good. I got a, <laughs> I'll prep you. Got a good yarn for the audience, and <laughs> All right. we, we can start there. If I have something on my mind, yeah, we'll we'll do it. But I, yeah, I haven't been a tad more surgical lately. I appreciate that. I well, appreciate I'm glad we noticing. cleared that up. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I noticed. I care, man. I've been pretty intense lately. I don't know what the fuck is going on. So maybe we are going to do an aside here a little bit. I don't know. Like if I do some sort of like this morning, I had my athletic greens shout out, but I was like really fired up to get the day going. And I was really excited to go to the gym instead of just drinking like a normal human being. I chug it. And then I had shit all over my shirt. And then I had to take the shirt off and immediately throw it in the laundry. And I went, why, why couldn't you just fucking drink that like a normal person? Then the other day when I went to the beach, I decided to kick off my sandals, but I had to make it some weird competition where I was going to do it, where I was going to kick him up and then catch it with the opposite hand. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah. And I have it down. And then I did it one time and like, I think I pulled something. I was like, why can't you just fucking take your shoes off like a normal person? <laughs> and so I've had this real intense thing. And then I, I don't know. I was showering and it got way too intense in there where I like hit something because I was like, oh, I got to make this quick and I got to go. So I've been on this efficiency train, but what I'm doing is turning into a psychopath. So enjoy. Have you been getting in the water enough? I feel like that'll slow you down. I mean, obviously, if the sandals are coming off, probably that, but are you getting in enough? I mean, that could be. I am getting in enough, um, but hit by two stingray bites last four times in the water. I don't like that at all. No, the first one I didn't even notice. The second one I did because I stepped on it. And when you step on a fish or stingray, it's just like, a you know, nobody likes with their feet going, oh, cool, this mushy fucking thing I just trampled. Um, and then when you get stung, you don't feel it right away. So their coordination is incredible. You know, just getting stomped on by whatever my mass compared to there is. I mean, and then you, being able to bite you, too. These aren't Steve Irwin stingrays, right? These are like these aren't hospital stingrays. I looked it up because this one was bleeding and I could see the barb and I could feel it. And it's just Ugh. like somebody sticking you in the heel with a needle over and over and over again. And so it's annoying. Like yeah, but it's not like this writhing pain. It's just you're like, oh, this is going to suck. And I've had it happen before. And the sea urchin thing that I had cliff diving was 100 times worse than any stingray thing. Uh, again, a non-Steve Irwin stingray, apparently. But this uh, this one was a little annoying. And it just it kind of makes you be like, all right, I got to do the shuffle you know, I got to get in the water because in the afternoons, the, the tide is so low, which makes the waves loud, which I actually don't mind. Okay, there you go. All right. Uh, that little, was good. That was good enough for me. Thanks, man. Was it? Cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. A little too intense lately. Not sure what it's about. Surgical, though. I do like that. All right. Let's get to it. Let's be efficient. This one is titled, Kyle, getting the group to move downtown. Ooh, this is in your wheelhouse. I like this one. Early 20s. 6'3", 195. No gym stats. Uh cardio, light lifting, had a spine injury. Okay. In his early 20s. He's 25 now. He lives in a small market NBA town and recently moved to the downtown area in the city. My friends and I all grew up in this city. And up until recently, I lived with a few friends in a house in the suburbs. I decided to move out of my old house to get a place to myself in the downtown area of the town. Uh, there weren't any huge issues with my old roommates other than some typical things. Dishes not being done. Fucking dishes. Classic. Are the, I told just, you. Right? <laughs> I told you. Do dishes have any remorse, any remorse for the shit that they've caused with families and friends? 
<laughs> that would be great. Just the line of t-shirts. I blame the dishes. A dishes campaign. <laughs> right. All right. Trash piling up, et cetera. I was a little over the roommate thing. I could afford to get my own spot. Nice. So I did. I still hang out with the old roommates and we're all still friends. My entire friend group still lives out east in the suburbs, which is about 25 minutes east by car. It's not terribly inconvenient to get there, but it's a mundane part of town. I feel like, by the way, as an aside, this has to be a Midwest town. I'm thinking Detroit. I'm thinking Cleveland. Um, I was wondering Milwaukee. Oklahoma City even. I don't know. Yeah, that would be a small market. But I feel like the middle territories in the Northeast, did you ever say a part of town was east or west, north or south of here? Um, I mean, kind Maybe. of because we're just like, you know, well, you're going west on going west on 44. It's like people would people would throw directions in there. But it New York be City like, doesn't count because it's just it's all named that way. You know yeah. I mean? And yeah, you correct. always kind of know when you're going north or south, east or west. I just feel like. This is this is just the statement. And it's going to end up being debated. So maybe I shouldn't even do it. Thanks in advance for your emails. I feel like more expansive areas of this country, uh, there, there's more of a, a tendency to describe directional. directional. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just the theory. Well, let us know theory. what you guys think. We really yeah, work in theory. Don't actually don't. <laughs> I'm not that interested in it. I don't even know why I derailed this for it. Okay. So he's east. They're all east of the city even though a good amount of the group works downtown they mostly just drive back after work if they go out they go to the same few spots in the suburbs that we've always gone to for basically 10 years now 10 years you're 25 (laughs) fucking wasted at the applebee's 15 more riblets okay um and we see the same general crowd i want to spread the gospel about how convenient it is to be able to walk to work the bars the cool areas like park shops around my new spot i am significantly happier not having to drive back and forth every day and i really enjoy the downtown atmosphere i don't want to sound smug while talking about how much better i think my new spot is than the suburbs where we grew up but okay. you do but <laughs> you definitely yeah, do. i don't think he sounds smug though but I, I understand the concern everyone knows uh someone who moved to a new area or starts something new and suddenly acts better than everyone I don't want to sound that way. I want the group to actually consider the positives of moving rather than coming off as a selfish friend. The cost of living isn't that much higher in my new spot since we do not live in a big or expensive city to begin with. Yeah, maybe this is OKC. Most people in the group are making more money than I am anyway. The crime is bad everywhere in this city, so sometimes I get some comments about how dangerous it can be. Uh, maybe it's not Oklahoma City. Though. Unless things have dramatically changed since the last time I was there. Um, the group in the suburbs actually experiences more crime out east than I do in the new gentrified downtown area. The area in the suburbs has break-ins and shootings close by, and I haven't had any issues since I've moved away. That sounds like rose-colored glasses, buddy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, Wait, the suburbs we... is where all the shit's going down. The city yeah. is great. <laughs> I've been way here more, for three way months, more shootings by you guys at Dillard's. <laughs> Now I'm just trying to guess what this is the whole time. And if I say Detroit, then I don't know. Then people are going to get mad. So I'm not saying Detroit. Don't I'm do it. Wondering. I'm just wondering. Um, I think it would be a lot more fun for my group if they got out of the suburbs, especially in our mid-20s, and enjoyed the town a little bit. It's definitely selfish for me to try and convince everyone to pay a little higher rent and move to the area where I move. But I also think it's pretty lame to live around the same general area that we've always lived in. Go to the same spots and see generally the same crowd. We're all young and stuck in our hometown for the time being since everyone's job is unlikely to drastically change anytime soon. How do I convince at least a couple core guys that already work downtown to get a place nearby? Should I just accept that I may have to drive east every so often to catch up with the fellas? Thanks. All right. Well, I get it. Like, 
you want your buddies to come do what you wanted to do. Um, and did everybody has a different age where it's like, I don't want to do the roommate thing anymore. Maybe they still want to do the roommate thing. And maybe because they make, you said that you all kind of make in the same ballpark money wise. Well, you can make the same, but it doesn't mean that everybody wants to spend the same. So they may look at your situation going, you know, I actually don't want to spend a couple extra 500 bucks. Like you could, some people would process it. I know that I would when I were younger, like fucking 500 more bucks or whatever. Crazy dude. Like, <laughs> no, I would go, I don't care. Eh, whatever. And then really? I would, no, no, then it would be tighter and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't plan. I wouldn't budget. I wouldn't do those things. I would just be like, whatever. I mean, I was so single-minded on the career stuff that nothing else mattered. I'd be like, oh, Hey, if you break this, Leo, I, I don't care. Whatever. Um, you couldn't phase me. Unfazable. <laughs> Not a great planner, though, right? So just because you think these guys can afford it, they may be far more strict with their savings and what they may or may not want to do. I think you're making a good point. I think as far as trying to convince them, here's what I'd ask. If they wanted to do it, they'd probably already have done it, right? I mean, they must like living there. They must like being outside of the city. They must like the suburbs, maybe having a little you know, piece of grass out back. You know, I haven't had a backyard really ever and sort of in West Hartford, but not really. Uh, and then everywhere else I've lived, you know, it's, it's, it's really close living by everybody else. And some people look at that and be like, I can't possibly, I couldn't stand that. I could never do it. And I totally understand because I actually grew up like long driveways in some plot of land in the middle of nowhere. So, they may hate the idea of not just having that little patch of grass grass out back. Uh, and I would think if they were more open to it, like it sounds like you want to convince them. So I don't know. I mean, Kyle, I got a couple other things, but do you think, like how would you handle this? If you were your buddies and you're like, what are you guys doing? Come live with Rock and Kyle, DTB. <laughs> well, uh, what I would do is I think what I told our Monday guy was like, find your crew, find the guys who like you want to try to move in with. Like, I think if you're cool, like... This might be this guy already has friends though. The Monday guy didn't have friends. Right. Yes, correct. But I guess the 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 goal sorry, is the sorry same. to Monday guy. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's going a lot better this week. Uh basketball in a should be starting up right about now. But um Good point. I think I think that you basically it's gonna work a lot easier if you're like, do this with me. Not like you guys should come do what I'm doing. It's like, you know, you have to decide like, are you into like do you want these guys badly enough to like try to get an apartment with them other than just because they're not, I feel like they're going to look at you different. Like, dude, why are you like all up in my shit? Like you just want me closer. You're not like, uh, you know, if you're like, dude, I found this place. It's a three bedroom. It's awesome. We could even use the other bedroom as an office, whatever. Like, like I don't think you want to make roommates. It, I know. Pat. That's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be harder for you to just be like, dude, you guys don't see this. Like, look, like, I don't see how it's like they're already in the city. It's not like you're trying to like sell them on a city they've never been to. They spend like every workday in the city. Right. I just think it's going to be it's going to be harder without like you trying to actually make a plan because you're just sort of being like you're sort of being like the the house police. So I I, I just think it's not going to go over the way you want. I mean, maybe you can try to have somebody like spent. I mean, what what's the selling point? Like we can walk home from the bars instead of, you know, taking a, a, a cab or sobering up before you drive home like. Like, what's the selling point that, like, these guys that you want to be able to do with them other than just live, live 20 minutes closer to you? I think it's just hard. I need to know the city because that would impact a lot. Like, let's say, let's forget the crime stuff that he was talking about. But if somebody said, like, all right, this is Salt Lake, then I go, okay, the guy that doesn't want to live in Salt Lake is never living in Salt Lake, okay? Oklahoma City's downtown. Again, it's been a really long time since I've been there, so I'm not 
caught up on anything. I can't speak to it, so I'm not going to. Um, but I would say the general thing of Oklahoma, like if you're a guy that's cool, kind of being a little further away from the city, you'll probably never want to live in the city. So that's my big hesitation here. It's like, I get why you want to do it, but have you thought that maybe none of them want to ever do it? Like if you're sitting there trying to convince them and they're saying no, eventually I would just give up. Now, if you want to go Ole Miss Cruton, recruiting style, why don't you have a little fet, a little soiree, invite over some of the local gals, you pack that place, <laughs> you pack that place with some that's pretty good. Twenty somethings. I don't know if you have that in you. If you have that kind of game, maybe at work, you just friend zone it out and be like, "Hey, can you bring like a couple of your friends or whatever?" Some of my guys are coming in, and you throw a four to one ratio at these fucking dudes, and you know they've got a couple old granddads going, and they're going to start saying, "I think I like the vibes. I like what's <laughs> That's going phase on." One. How That's do phase I one. get in? How do I get into this? And then you have little pamphlets. Be like, oh, there's a two-bedroom here. There's a studio here. That one's a little cheaper. Phase two is you're firing apartments.com all the time. Every, yeah. every day, you're firing yeah. apartments.com. So what you need to do is throw the bender of all benders, and then you have a plan after that. It's this big group, and you know you get those guys thinking a little bit differently. But my, my hesitation with you spending too much time on it, although I completely get what you're saying, and it'd be awesome if you had one or two extra buddies living in the city and that you're loving it, but if they already understand the concept of this and they've resisted it this long. So in the age that they're going, like they're, <laughs> if, if your situation was the equator, they're sailing north or south away from it as they get older. Agreed. Brought it full circle. They did. Just like a globe. All right. This one's great. I fucking love this one. This is such a good choice, Kyle. Okay. I did read this one ahead of time because there was a lot to it. Ghosted by a professional athlete. Parentheses, probably not what you're thinking. Because when I hear ghosted by a professional athlete, I'm like, no way. He wasn't into you. Although we love those emails from, uh, you know, male or female. I don't know. I've been in this yeah. world enough that I'm thinking it's a dude who got a number and it's just overused it or something. <laughs> yeah. Now that I've been in this world for a number of years. Yeah, dudes, famous dudes will change up a number on you. All right, here we go. Um, this is this is this is gonna be good. Hey guys, love the show. 5816205, 10 times four bench press on the Smith machine. Side note, can I use the Smith machine to bench press? I know it's easier, but it also feels way more secure without a spotter. I know it's weak, so feel free to crush me on this. I'm not gonna crush you. But I think you'll be stronger if you go lighter on the standard bench press and develop some of the muscles and stabilizing stuff uh, by doing that, where the Smith kind of keeps it pretty regimented. I'm not completely anti-Smith machine. Uh, I use it for incline because I feel like when I use just the standard incline and I go heavy, I feel like my shoulders are going to rip out of the sockets now. Um, so the Smith at least allows me that pushing motion at a different angle. But I would say to be stronger, go lighter on the flat bench. But I get your point. Kyle, anything with that? Yeah, I heard you. Uh, no, I would defer to Ryan. I've, I've got my own thing, but I, you know, I haven't researched it enough. So, All right, that's the email. That was a good one. I told you guys. No, here's the point. All right, here's my dilemma. This past summer, we were traveling to Pensacola for my daughter's dance competition, and we had a layover in Atlanta. You guys taking this stuff seriously. While there, my 12-year-old son, who's an absolute football dork, noticed a guy. Oh, that was very funny. 
holding a Cleveland Browns helmet waiting at the same gate as us. He asked me if I knew who it was, and I said no, but he didn't really care about that. He asked me if I could uh, ask for a photo. I said sure, but I could tell that he, my son, was a little bit nervous. After a minute or two, though, he worked up the courage to go to talk to the guy. Sure enough, the guy was super nice and glad they took the picture with him. You don't need to mention this part, um, but we looked him up to see who it was. Okay, all right. So the guy plays for the Browns. Got it. And it all checks out. All right. A month later, at the end of July, I thought I'd make an awesome gift if I could somehow get this guy to sign the photo they took together and surprise my son with it for Christmas. I found him on Instagram and reached out to ask if I could send him a copy for him to sign and send back. And again, he agreed. No problem. He gave me the address of the facility, told me to send it there. I spent $30 on shipping the photo both ways, included a prepaid envelope with our address already on it to make it as easy as possible for him. All he had to do was open it, sign the photo, and drop it back in the mail. It took a few weeks for him to respond, saying he received it, but he apologized and said he'd been busy with training camp, which was totally understandable. Yeah, I think that's pretty understandable. He assured me that he received it, though and was planning on dropping it back in the mail the next day. This was on August 31st, and I still haven't heard from him since. Okay, so we're, we're three months from the last correspondence. Since I had the tracking information, I could see that he hadn't dropped the envelope back off yet, so I was getting anxious, but I didn't want to bug him about it too much. I checked in every couple of weeks with a quick IG message asking if he had the chance to drop it off yet, but no response. Um... Let me read that sentence again because it's important. I checked in every couple of weeks with a quick IG message asking if he had had a chance to drop it off yet, but no response. Every couple of weeks. I figured he was probably too busy with the season going on, so I decided to give it a rest until their bye week when maybe he would have a free minute. <laughs> so at the beginning of November, I told him I was happy to send another copy if I needed to, but I still haven't gotten a single response from him. So what do I do now? I know it's not the end of the world, but I really got my hopes up once he agreed to do it, and now I can't stop thinking about it. I would stop thinking about it (laughs) is my first piece of advice, man. Stop thinking about it. I would honestly just prefer if he told me to fuck off so I could put the idea to rest. But the lack of response or explanation as to what changed is what's bothering me the most. My son looks for him every time the Browns are on TV. and He's become a huge fan. He was talking about how great he is after um, we're making this a little too specific. So uh, we'll leave out that detail. But the son is a big fan. My son doesn't know I've been working on this, so I smile at his enthusiasm, but it also bums me out knowing this guy isn't exactly coming through for him. I know the odds of this working out for me are slim to none, but I'm not giving up unless you tell me to. Mm. (laughs) Do I just spend another $30 on shipping and send another copy hoping he sends it back this time? Is there a better way for me to try to get a hold without being completely annoying? Again, it's not that important in the grand scheme of things, but I know it would mean the world of my son. I can just imagine the smile he'd have opening that gift on Christmas. I'm just a desperate dad trying to go do a cool thing for my son. I'd really appreciate any advice you have. Also, I've attached the photo and the screenshots of our conversation. Uh, you guys are the best. All right, I'm not going to read all the screenshots and all the, the correspondence because the, the player does, in fact, respond to the DMs and say, cool, and he gives them the address. And he, where there's a, there's a no problem boss in there. There's a no problem arm flex. Like, yeah, there's every, the emailer here, the father has every right to believe that this was actually going to work. Right. What is my number one rule about young males? Okay. This is going to sound like a Scott Galloway thing, but it isn't the number one thing that young males suck at is mailing things. I don't know if there's anything that 20-year-old males are worse at than mailing something. I'm I'm like, when I do it now and I send a package home or to somebody or return something, I'm like blown away. And then I'll be like, man, I need to take a day off. 
Like that's getting the water. That yeah, was crazy. <laughs> like I need to need to relax the rest of the day. Maybe take a fucking nap. I went to the post office. Men are terrible at it. They're bad at it. I can't imagine throw into that mix instead of just average twenty something male. Throw in pro athlete twenty something <laughs> male. Those guys don't do shit. So back to you. What you're doing here is awesome. You are clearly a very organized person. You're an awesome dad and you're trying to do something awesome for your son. And it's not the cost. It's not any of those things. You're like, I'm able to pull off something really unique that kind of tells the full story. You know, you were like bringing it back full circle here. This is a six month thing. And your son, imagine the idea of him opening up this picture that he took with this guy in the airport. Now he's been obsessed with him because a young kid, you're still in this age where he doesn't hate you yet. And it's fucking in an awesome age and he's aware of everything and everything's great. Um, and this was going to be an awesome gift. So you're driven by all of this. But what I will tell you is that you probably, because I can tell how organized you are, self-addressed stamped envelope. That's a whole nother step. Like that's another level that some people don't even get to, right, Kyle? Like a wedding, have, that's like a wedding invite. Yeah, that's crazy. Kyle, have, have you ever sent a self-addressed stamped envelope to get something back in your life? Definitely not. We were going to do it for the wedding invitation. I was like, I can't, I don't want to do it. Uh, we'll, they'll have to figure it out online. So, okay. I didn't want, I didn't want to double mail stuff. So yeah, I left a nice pan at a friend's house in Lake forest this summer. No, it was in May. He was like, well, just send, I go, I'll send a self self-addressed. First of all, he hasn't mailed me the pen, which, <laughs> which would have been super easy. easy, which would have been easy. I was like, I'll send you a self-addressed like UPS envelope thing. I'll just put it in there and I'll send it, just drop it in. Cause it's a pen. I don't want to lose it. And he was like, no problem. Guess who hasn't even done that. And it's been <laughs> since May to me. All right. So there's that part of it. Now, I understand what you're saying is that he told you he would do it. And I'm telling you, he thought he was going to do it. He didn't lie to you. He didn't think I'm going to fuck this dad over and tell him I'm going to sign this picture. It's just that he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's a young athlete trying to make his way. And I can tell how organized you are because then you were like, I hit him up knowing like, all right, I looked for the bye week and thought, like, you're a super organized person dealing with your ultimate kryptonite, somebody <laughs> that is the opposite of you. <laughs> like, the super organized cannot fucking fathom the brain of the unorganized. You just like, why can't you just do this? It's like, no, man, that's not how I operate. <laughs> I know it'd be super easy. I know it'd be awesome. It's a nice thing to do. I'm not malicious. I just don't have the same operating system <laughs> that you Word. do. Where right? I walk past that oven mitt every day. I'm not guess, picking it up. And guess who wins every confrontation? The unorganized. <laughs> <laughs> the organized have been doing, they've been planning. They've been trying for years to counteract all the unorganized moves. They can't do anything with it. They're unbeatable. <laughs> oh, shit. So all I'm telling you is I'd let it go. I'd let it go. The only move, and you did bring it up, is you try one more time, right? You try one more time, you send another envelope, another picture, you map it all out, and you try to guilt them into it and go one more time. You're like, hey, I sent another picture. I know this is annoying. This is not important to you. Sympathize with him. You're a young guy making his way in this world, the crazy NFL, but I sent it one more time. And if you could do it, it would mean the world to me. And if he blows you off again, stop DMing him. I think you 
nailed all the emotional parts of this, so I'm going to leave it alone. I think that was great. That was like a great monologue. I hope somebody uh, puts that somewhere isolated. But I, I'm I'm just coming in with solutions, right? You're not going to like them all, but they're not here. They're not here I love for it. you to like them all. They're just solutions. Turn on my a, mic. Off. A fake it. Just fake it. That's one solution. We're gonna go. <laughs> all right, go, turn the mic go back from, off. We're gonna go from bad to good. Forgery. Right? A, a is just fake it. Um, you've got. You can make as many copies of this thing as you want, and you can try to. You can try to to fake it. Who's gonna know? He's never gonna sell it, and if the kid does try to sell it, well, he never should have got it in the first place. So really, nobody's gonna know. You could do that. You probably wouldn't feel great about it. Two, I mean, check his Instagram. A lot of these guys have. Um, business managers or something, you know, it's like for business, contact this guy. And I think those guys have to read most things that, you know, that's part of the job is reading emails that even, you know, aren't going to go anywhere. Right. So you could just, you could just like, you know, attach the screenshots and be like, listen, I've got this thing. I've, you know, I, I've, I've exhausted all the other things. I know this isn't necessarily a business thing, but I was just hoping, cause I mean, you need kind of a manager to, to get some of this shit done sometimes because that's what managers are for. Athletes have like important shit on their minds and then they have to be reminded about less important shit that they've committed to. So like maybe, maybe there's a way you can get in touch with that guy. Um, so a lot of times it'll say for business inquiries, contact this or whatever, or, you know, if you're organized enough, maybe there's a way you can research to find out who is who who his manager is if it's not uh, in his social media or whatever. Um, those are my pretty much my only two. I mean, your your last one is just to spend another forty bucks and ship it out there, and hopefully it it, it works. But yeah, I mean, I think the the two things that you'll probably see better results from is either just faking it or um or getting the picture or just buy you know buy an autographed online that's not that picture, and then he'll also have the picture that he took with him that day. I know that you, the the best way would be to have him sign the picture that they took together, but you could also just buy an, an autograph online for probably not that much. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I get what you're saying. You went forgery to buy something that's not the picture. Um, this jersey wouldn't be expensive if you wanted to do something like that, but that's not the point. He's been on this quest. He feels like this guy entered into some sort of contract where he said he would do it. Totally. And by the way, he's mailing it to the facility. So all the guy has to do is sign it and hand it back to somebody who works for the team. And then that guy drops it off. Right. Like this isn't even like the guy actually has to go to the post office. But my, but what I'm telling you is what you've done is I've seen the, the DMS that have gone like that aren't being responded to is now you've entered this category for this dude where he has all these people reaching out to him all the time. And even though he said he would do this, he's just going like, oh, what the fuck, this guy again. You've probably crossed over into that where it yeah. was like, oh, well, this fucking guy keeps DMing me or like, I don't even know where that picture is anymore or any of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think you could send it all over again and say, hey, look, different angle. I know I've been bugging you. I know this is not important to you. It would mean everything for my kid. I sent another. It's going to be there Thursday. If you could find a way to just sign it and hand it to an assistant, go for it. But I'm just, even though you're right, you haven't done anything. Well, you've, you've DM'd him a lot, all right? But I know why you have. But like, look, this is my old Dirk Bentley thing. I was having a birthday party. He was playing a show that night. I had like 10 people. I had a limo. I had this whole thing set up. And... I hit up Dirks being like, hey, man, um, I got like 10. Is that good for backstage and the whole deal? And he was like, yeah, don't worry about it. And that was like a month out. And he's playing different cities every night. Right. And I'm 
I hit him up like a week out. This is again, somebody I've known since I was 18. So even though we're not besties, I felt like there was a certain level. And the fact that I was, I kind of, again, I'm not, I'd like to think that my career has at least allowed me a little grace with like, Rosillo understands some of this shit. And this isn't the highlight of your year either. It's not like, you know, he's like, he's also got shit going on too, which helps. Yeah, like I have, yeah. But again, I'm not pretending to be like a country star where, hey, man, I get it, dude. Fucking, you just see the emails <laughs> we get for the show. Uh, but with Dirks, I I hit him up again like a week out and going just double checking, you know, because I had all the shit rented, the whole deal. And then there was a follow up day of the show being like, dude, are we good? And it it didn't go over well. And it didn't go over well because I'm like, I wasn't thinking about him. I was thinking about myself. This guy every day is flying to, you know, bus ride, not flying, bus ride to all these places. He probably can't think of, like, can't keep track of what the hell's going on. Doesn't know where he's going to be in two nights. You know what I mean? Like, you're just going over and over and over on this grind. And because I'm thinking like, well, shit, I'm just going to buy 10 tickets if I don't hear from him. So I was like, I'll hit him up one more time. And, uh. You know, in that moment, I think he was like, Rosillo's being super fucking annoying. I didn't think I was being annoying because I was on the hook for all of these people. And I didn't care about buying the tickets. I just had to make sure that we were all, because a limo ride around Hartford without a concert, isn't that great of a time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know that blows people's minds, but I would, uh, I would give, I'd be willing to, I'd take, yeah. Take another swing in it, what we've already talked about. But if you don't hear back from him, let it go. Let it go. Because now when he sees your name and he sees it, that it's another DM, even though you're right and he fucked you up here by not sending it out, he's thinking like, oh, this guy again? Because he has so much other shit going on. And that's not your, it's, it's not your fault, but in his eyes, it is. Yeah, you, you made a good point where I was like, you may have crossed over into the group of guys I'm ignoring. And not because I love to ignore people, it's just because there's way too many. Yeah, and some people have to be in this bucket and maybe you got put in that bucket because maybe your thing got misplaced or whatever. So, you know, maybe by sending that thing, you jump back into the other bucket because you're, you know, there's a physical thing that'll be put in front of him. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think as things currently stand, it's nothing's going to happen unless you take some sort of action. But, you know, I, I would say if it doesn't work, there's always forgery. It wouldn't really be. A, I don't think it'd be a huge. I don't even think that's a crime if you don't try to sell it. Be like the Raven, though. You're going to be walking past it. <laughs> you get older. Yeah, well, <clears throat> for just a couple of years of kids' happiness, like you said, soon the kid's not even going to like you anyway for a couple of years. He'll come back, right? This isn't that how it works. <laughs> Today's life advice was presented by Modelo. The fighting spirit means never giving up, and that's why Modelo is brewed for full-time fans, the ones willing to travel the games, who thrive under pressure. Modelo Especial is a crisp Pilsner-style lager that set the standard for authentic Mexican beer for true full-time fans. And it's now the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Modelo, brewed for full-time fans, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Visit ordermodelo.com to shop delivery or pickup options for Modelo near you. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody enjoy their weekend. Thanks to Kyle. As always, that was a fun one. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. We will have Trent Dilfer next week. Uh, the new UAB head coach texted with him, said, hey, we got to do this, run it back. He was like, yeah, man, we'll figure it out. So we'll have him on, talk about his decision. Pretty excited about that interview. Um, and I think that'll do it for us. Ryan Russell, the podcast, we're on your Spotify.